Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. Pride is defined as a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements. I'm Jaden Becker, and welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, Seven Deadly Sins Edition. Yes, moving on to another week. I believe this is the fifth week in a row of the Seven Deadly Sins episodes. Only two more after this one, and I'll be right back on the grind with you guys talking. Everything pro wrestling on the Daily DDT podcast. Don't worry, I'll be coming back soon, and I'm excited to be back with you. I just needed needed some time, especially going away to do some 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 things very very special. Um, I wanted to make sure I had content for you guys week in and week out, and I'm happy to be able to deliver that content for you, even if it's not as long as these uh, previous uh, daily episodes. I still gave you some content and some some of my own thoughts, some of my own opinions. Uh, about uh, the past and uh, the seven deadly sins of pro wrestling. So this week is Pride. Last week, we, we've gone through uh, four other deadly sins. Make sure you go check back and look at the titles there to see the names of those. But this week is Pride. I'm going to get right into it. Uh, once again, Pride is defined as a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements. Pride uh, is... One of the main factors of pro wrestling. Pro wrestling for decades has been looked at by outsiders as boisterous men self-absorbed of their own accomplishments and believed to be above the average man. Wrestlers work behind the veil of kayfabe, or at least they did back in the day. And the convention of presenting stage performances as genuine or authentic, that is kayfabe. In the world of social media and the internet, kayfabe has been broken and has died as the act of pro wrestling has been fully exposed. However, a select few stars have taken to make their on-air persona their real-life personality, causing harm to others and themselves. If we look back in the day, and this is what I really want to talk about in the uh, beginning portion of this, and we're going to get into uh, a little bit more in-depth in the second half. If we look back in the day, we see how kayfabe kind of hurt people's uh, persona personally, their real life persona, as they had to continuously live their gimmick. Uh, let's start off with David Schultz. Wrestler David Schultz in 1984 encountered a 2020, 20 for 20 reporter, John Stossel. The encounter became notorious after Schultz attacked Stossel after being asked if pro wrestling was fake. Many stories of the event have different tellings, but Schultz claims that Mystic Man told him to, quote, stay in character and attack Stossel if he tries to expose the business. Schultz would be fired by the WWF and settled out of court with the WWF for over $200,000. David Schultz obviously having his pro wrestling career curtailed with the WWF after the incident with Stossel. Stossel also going on in that 20 for 20 report. It seemed like all of the media then back in the 80s wanted to expose pro pro wrestling for what it was, work. But that's all they were so focused on the media that they didn't see the shady dealings that was going on behind the scenes in the world of pro wrestling. Because kayfabe just being the veil that covered it all. Oh, they break kayfabe, then what? You really get a deep dive into the look of of what pro wrestling really was at that time, the shady dealings backstage and what and what what it be and what honestly continues to be today in some way, shape, or form. 
But David Schultz really being the brunt of that, having his pride for the business and being told that his pride should be stood strong by Vince McMahon uh, and stay by the side of WWF, cost him his career with the WWF after that incident with, of course, Stossel and uh, 20 for 20. Also want to get into another person here, Gorgeous Gino Hernandez. And you talk about Gorgeous Gino Hernandez, one of the top promos of the late 70s and the early 80s, Gino was able to work crowds and boast a fantastic high lifestyle gimmick throughout the southern territories throughout, as I mentioned, in the late 70s and the early 80s. His lifestyle gimmick seeped into his real-life persona as the partying led him to ODing on cocaine, causing his death. His cause of death, however, has been challenged by many who believe that Hernandez was actually killed instead of ODing. Michael Hayes said in a 2016 interview, quote, I have a real, real hard time believing that Gino Hernandez OD'd. He was most definitely hanging with the wrong crowd and either ran his mouth too much or knew too much or all of the above. Jake Roberts said, uh, Jake the Snake Robbers, let that be, quote, Gino was attached to some heavy people. He was running in some pretty big circles, man, and that may be he didn't belong in. Brutus Beefcake has... Uh, sided with the side of the drug overdose Bruder Beefcake has rejected the murder theory saying that Hernandez quote had a serious drug problem and was quote intense crazy partier either way you cut it an OD or a murder Hernandez died because his gimmick took him to places that he shouldn't have been and suffered the consequences for it his manufactured pride turning into false pride cause his demise so obviously talking about two very different situations here an end of a person's wwf career in david schultz and an end of a person's life in gorgeous gino hernandez uh, there is a device dark side of the ring on gorgeous gino hernandez which was a lot of people's first introduction to gorgeous gino hernandez i knew about him prior i knew slightly about his story and about his death but i didn't know how of a fantastic promo he was gino hernandez and remind me a lot of, of, of the great wrestlers of the late 80s and even today, some of the fantastic promos of today. He was one of the originators of it, and he was amazing on the microphone. Amazing on the microphone. So it's one of the greatest liners of all time, Gino Hernandez. And David Schultz getting put in a tough spot, given that Vince McMahon told him to protect kayfabe, even though Vince McMahon wasn't protecting kayfabe in his own right. He was trying to uh, step away from, from the world of kayfabe, trying to step away from the athletic commissions that uh, had professional wrestling booked as a real sport instead of being looked at as entertainment, which it is, sports entertainment. And uh, Schultz just doing his job and being uh, pushed out of the WWF because of him just doing his job. I, of course, did leave with a good lump sum of money, but you can only imagine his pride being hurt there because of how much pride that he put into his work trying to protect kayfabe at that time, which was protected for the most part, but started to be shattered by the media, as I mentioned earlier, always hounding, hounding, hounding uh, these wrestlers and these promotions trying to find out if it was real or fake, if it was a work or if it was a shoot, if you will. 
All right, we're going to take a quick break. I know we're a little early into this episode for a break, but we got to take one here because I want to talk about another wrestler that pride really affected him and a wrestler today that pride could affect him in the future. So stick with us right here on the Daily DDT Podcast. Welcome back to the Daily DDT Podcast. Glad to have you here with us talking about the seven deadly sins this week. Of course, we are talking about pride, giving some examples of pro wrestlers that had that sin of pride, not because they portrayed it in ring, but mostly because the pride that they held moved into their real life persona, thus causing issues in the real world outside of professional wrestling. In the first half of this episode, we talked about David Schultz and gorgeous Gino Hernandez. Now, let's move on to someone that uh, I think can definitely hold uh, a flame to any of on, any people on this list. But first, let's get back into the, the world of pride. An exemplary amount of pride is shown in pro wrestlers. That, that's kind of the name of the game, especially if you're a heel. Boasting yourself as the greatest with $1,000 watches and shoes and the fancy limo. All the ladies want you and all the men want to be you. This was seen outside of pro wrestling by boxer Muhammad Ali, who perfected the craft of the promo better than anyone else at the time of pro wrestling. Ali knew how to turn it on and off. And the problem lies when that on and off switch stays on and the barriers of pro wrestling sleep. I went to the real world. You might have gotten the hint there as I was going through uh, the description. And uh, it's Ric Flair. I, t- <laughs> I talked about Ric Flair previously during the Seven Deadly Sins episodes. Talked about him during the Gluttony episode. About him just not wanting to escape from the ring. Just needing to stay in there as long as humanly possible. And now I talk about Ric Flair here when talking about Pride. Although Pride didn't lead him to death like Gino... And uh, his pride definitely did not lead to the end of his career as he wanted to stay as long as possible. Flair's pride has definitely caused pain amongst himself and, maybe more importantly, his family. Much like Gino Hernandez, Flair portrayed a high lifestyle gimmick that reigned true for Flair as he lived his gimmick everywhere he went. Territory to territory, Ric Flair was the man in fancy limos, the girls, the jets, the alligator shoes, and the $1,000 Rolex watches. Of course, that that is Ric Flair as we know and love him as he portrayed on television and as he portrayed throughout all of his career, one of the greatest of all times because he was able to work on almost any territory that he went to because of who he was and the worker that he was at the time. Meanwhile, at home, Flair was divorced many times from four different wives throughout his life. Flair also has or had four known children, including Reed Flair, who passed away after a drug overdose. In the Ric Flair 30 for 30 Nature Boy, Flair cites that his son's passing as one of the saddest moments of his life. Flair also says that even though he was a champion in the ring, and of course he was, he's a 16-time world champion, he wasn't a champion as a father and believes he could have done a lot better for his kids in that regard. Flair's pride not only affected his life, but also affected the lives of his children and his family lives as well. His pride being such a determining factor of how why so many people loved him, why his pride w- was one of the main factors why professional wrestling was so great in the 80s, it was because Flair was able to 
personify this character that was was larger than life. Much like how Muhammad Ali was able to personify a character that was kind of larger than life, except Muhammad Ali knew how to turn it off. Ric Flair never turned it off. Ric Flair lived his gimmick 24-7, 365 days throughout the year. He was Ric Flair, as you saw him on television. That was him in real life. And still to this day sort of portrays that type of idea of being that Ric Flair, especially in the world of pop culture and media. Ric Flair is Ric Flair. He he still lives the drip style to this day, which is surprising given all that he's been through and hasn't realized all the damage that he's done throughout his life. Obviously realizing the death of his son being one of the most impactful moments, but still that Rolex wearing man. And that's why I want to move on to this next person that lives his gimmick uh, in the world of professional wrestling today, much like Ric Flair lived his gimmick back in the 80s and uh, in, while he was wrestling, this wrestler lives his gimmick to uh, the deepest extent. But I, I really want to see how deep he, he takes it. From the past to now, the current definition of pride is MJF. If you look up MJF in the dictionary as a heel in pro wrestling, he, he's, he's pictured right there, right in the front center. There's MJF. MJF, very young, with no family to call his own and hasn't had a sad story to tell yet, like the likes of Flair and Hernandez, and obviously has a family, but I'm not saying he has a wife or kids or anything like that. MJF, very, very young. And uh, once again, he has no on-screen, excuse me, off-screen stories to tell like Flair and Hernandez yet. MJF, similar to the two names mentioned, lives his gimmick on social media and in media interviews forever in character, but you have to wonder where MJF draws the line. I don't want to sound like a mark here and believe that this is who he really is in real life, MJF, and you know I don't want to say that. I'm not trying to sound like a mark here, but Flair and Hernandez weren't these people before the gimmick either. They weren't these people that were larger than life, Hernandez and Flair. They were just normal people like you and me. MJF lived his gimmick and could possibly lead to future issues if he's not careful, much like how Ric Flair and Hernandez encountered Hernandez losing his life because of his lived gimmick, Flair losing one of his sons and uh, realizing his uh, fatherhood, him, him being a father, was not great compared to uh, the other fathers in the world, and what he did for the world of professional wrestling was obviously great Ric Flair, but at what cost, at what sacrifice, as I bumped my microphone. MJF, I love what he's doing. I think he's one of the hottest things right now in professional wrestling. I think he's absolutely fantastic. He knows how to work a crowd greater than anybody else. He has no fear when it comes to cutting promos. He's able to cut and walk every line possible and step over every line possible. I got a little scared when it was Brody Lee's passing and MJF was in the thick of that as well uh, for that episode of um, Brody Lee's Celebration of Life. Of course, uh, getting a Singapore cane, or should I say a kendo stick, right to the head of of uh, himself by a negative one. But you have to wonder, you know, obviously he's living this gimmick and he's willing to take the bumps and everything like that. But how, how far does he take it outside of the world of professional wrestling? 
Uh, we don't really get a much of a deep dive into MJF's life outside of his tweets and things of, of that nature when it comes down to social media. And yes, we do get a window into it, but it, it's nothing compared, especially if M- when MJF is putting on a show, which he should be. It's, it's the world of pro wrestling. You're supposed to be putting on a show. I j- I'm just curious. I'm just curious on how far he'll be able to take it going on in the future. Because I think he's fantastic. I think he has a, such a far, far, far career ahead of him. He's all in his mid-20s. And he's already the greatest promo in the game right now. So, you really have to wonder for MJF. You really have to wonder how far can he take it going forward. Because this sin of pride hasn't really affected him yet in his personal life we haven't heard the stories as we heard of rick flair and hernandez and from schultz you know these are obviously career altering life altering changes that come because of the pride that these guys held throughout their personas mjf has this pride when will it come back to bite him if it ever does that's always the question for mjf and uh, i hope for his sake it never comes i hope for his sake it never comes because if it does uh, it, it could bite him really bad because it might be fair to argue out of all the names on this list, he might have one of the best microphones out there. And yes, that is rivaling uh, Ric Flair there. All right, that was Pride. Fun episode. Fun episode. Got to talk about some important names. Got to talk about Schultz, Hernandez, Flair, and MJF. You know, it's a good episode, especially if you're talking about MJF. Going back in the day and then even bringing it over to the present. And even, once again, as I mentioned, even though MJF is not there yet on the level of Hernandez and Flair when it comes down to the sin of pride, MJF sure can reach it if he's not careful. That's all for me. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Jaden Becker TV. I'll see you next week with another episode of the Daily DDT Podcast.